This is Mental Health and You with WCPA. We're your hosts, Taylor Kennedy, Caitlin Schaefer, and Jacqueline Simplecamp. Our podcast covers mental health topics for you. From us, licensed mental health professionals. Let's get to this week's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to Mental Health and You. Today we've got a great topic in store that I think a lot of us can relate to. We're talking about one of my favorite things, sleep. Sleep impacts almost everything we do as humans. So sleep is one of my favorite coping skills. And more importantly, it's truly one of our basic needs as humans. And for that reason, you know, not getting enough sleep can and does impact our mental health. I honestly talk with clients about sleep all the time. I think the idea of how important sleep is can really be underrated. And we don't always realize if we're sleep deprived and if it's impacting us or not. Yeah, sleep's honestly so important. It affects us both physically and mentally. And I don't think people always understand the large role that lack of sleep can play in our mental health. So like Jacqueline said, this is something that I also really commonly talk with my clients about. You're 100% right in that people don't always recognize that. And I don't think people understand sometimes the critical role it plays, like you said, in our mental health. And many people in general don't think about sleep in this way. but. Truly, sleep is just as important as diet or exercise and is essential for daily functioning. And one thing I really concentrate on is the impacts of sleep on our brain's ability to function. Um, You know, our brain runs our body, so it's probably important that we take care of it. You know, we're talking about cognition, productivity, your patience, I don't know, ability to concentrate and regulate emotions, right? These Mm -hmm. critical thinking skills all stem from our brain being in good health, and they're just so many reasons why sleep is important, in my opinion. I could go like on and on. I feel like mm-hmm. and rant about it. Yeah, I think a lot of the time people are like, oh, if I'm not getting enough sleep, I'll just have some more caffeine or something. But there's no replacement for it. And <laughs> that's so true. It's so that'll true. give you the energy, but no, that's true. Like not doing what sleep yeah. would do for your brain. Right. And like you said, Taylor, if our brain doesn't have the needed fuel, which includes sleep, then it literally doesn't have the capacity to function at its fullest. Lack of sleep can cause a lot of physical issues, but of course it affects us mentally as well. Lack of sleep can exacerbate mental health concerns that are already there, like depression, anxiety, and bipolar disorder. Mm -hmm. And not getting enough sleep even makes it more difficult for us to cope with stress, which I think a lot of us can definitely relate to. Oh, yes. Yes. And I mean, for me, like I'll be vulnerable for a moment. So like I have anxiety and I notice even in myself that when I don't get enough sleep, my symptoms are worse. And so that's what I see in my clients as well. So it's such a huge thing just to start noticing, right? Oh and yeah. The symptoms. Really... I like that you said that. Sorry, I did not mean to cut you off, but I didn't no, even think about okay. that. Like yeah. your symptoms that are already there are going to feel and be 10 times worse if you throw in a lack of sleep. Yes, 100%. And so like Taylor said, though, like you said in the beginning, like it's almost a coping skill to get good sleep, right? It's just that's really the main thing I see is that when people are stressed or anxious, they're losing sleep, right? But unfortunately, it becomes like this vicious cycle because then the lack of sleep is only increasing their stress and mental health symptoms. No, completely. And I agree with you for sure. I'm also anxious quite often. And I know that I'm going to be way more stressed out if I don't have that good foundation of a good night's rest, you know, as often as I can get it. And I think that sleep, again, can sound like such a minuscule thing, but it really has an impact on how we function, how we feel. 
So what do you guys think can happen if we don't get enough sleep like on the day to day? I'm wondering what maybe smaller, less noticeable signs we can notice. For me, the biggest thing is like my irritability, mm-hmm. my patience, but also I feel physically off when I don't get enough sleep. Like mm-hmm. it's like my digestive tract is like upset. I feel really like lethargic. I don't know. I could just be being dramatic, but there are so many struggles in the day-to-day that can be associated with a lack of sleep. And there's also serious mental health problems that can occur from chronic sleep deprivation. So Mm -hmm. there's those short-term things of like your mood, your ability to critically think and concentrate to complete tasks or, Mm -hmm. I don't know, have social energy, but there's also long-term impacts on your appearance and you know, the dark circles under your eyes or different physical appearance impacts, but increases for health risks, medical, physical, all of the above. Like we have mental health concerns that truly stem from or can be exacerbated by a lack of sleep. Our bodies need sleep to reset and heal. And there's so much research and evidence supporting the connection between sleep and our health as humans. But many people don't always recognize the role sleep plays in our mental and emotional health. No, exactly. And actually, when you were talking, Taylor, I was thinking to myself, what happens to me when I don't get enough sleep? And I've noticed I get headaches or I even feel nauseous sometimes. And it's like literal physical symptoms can happen if you're not giving yourself one of your basic needs. It's a quick way for me to guarantee I'm going to get a migraine or set myself up for a migraine to happen that day because I know sleep plays a role in preventing them. No, for sure. So now we've talked about kind of what it feels like to not be getting enough sleep. So how much sleep do you think we should be getting? That's a great question. How much sleep do we actually need? So, okay, I kind of looked into this, right? Because I wanted to give like a really good answer and see what the doctors, you know, what medical professionals were actually saying right now on this. So I found an article published by the Mayo Clinic in May of 2021. So very recently by a doctor, Dr. Olson. And the response was that children one to two years of age should get 11 to 14 hours of sleep per 24 hours, including naps. Children ages three to five should get 10 to 13 hours of sleep, also including naps. Children ages six to 12 are recommended nine to 12 hours of sleep a day. And teenagers ages 13 through 18 need approximately eight to 10 hours of sleep a day. And then it said that adults were said to need seven or more hours of sleep a night. So these sleep recommendations help promote, you know, the best daily functioning, both physically and mentally for these different developmental stages that we mentioned. I love that you went in and found like a very good, credible current article because that breakdown is very helpful. Like the ages and stages of life and development, it's hard to always know, I guess, what we need in those moments. It is. And I think that's a big thing that I talk with a lot of parents. You know, I work with a lot of kids and especially a lot of teens and stuff lately. And their parents, like they just won't get up. They just sleep all the time. So even just educating parents a lot of the times of like, this is their body needing this. This isn't them always being lazy or just unmotivated. Maybe sometimes it is, but a lot of times, you know, I think as parents, we forget what our kiddos actually need to help their brain as it's developing. The brain's not fully developed until 25 years of age. So those, you know, it's interesting to me that children ages six through 12 still need nine to 12 hours of sleep. 
in 13 to 18, eight to 10 hours of sleep. So it is an important thing for parents to know too. Yeah. I feel like I'm kind of with those children that need like nine to 12 hours of sleep, but it's hard, like, especially as we age to continue to prioritize sleep for ourselves. Yeah. We are finding enough time. I think it's difficult in itself. And in past episodes, we've talked about kids you know, with jam-packed schedules, like with school and activities and such. And I think with all of that, they're probably not getting enough sleep. I think it's very likely that they're not. And so, you know, for parents to recognize that on the weekends when there's more time, like, yeah, your kid's probably going to be catching up on more sleep. And that includes teens as well. You're right. It's crazy to me, like the extracurricular activities that a lot of like youth, teens, college age kids even are involved in. And then I'm like, so how much sleep are you getting? They're like, we don't get home till 10 or nine. Then we have homework and then we're up again at six. And I'm like, oh my word, no wonder you want to sleep all the time on the weekend. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. I think it's true. Like too much sleep isn't good either. But I think like, again, your kid is going to need to catch up on that and it may be more than you expected. Speaking of trying to find more time for sleep, I think there's a lot that we can do to get more sleep. So I've noticed that my clients and even me personally at times can feel kind of defeated if we're not getting enough sleep because it can be a confusing thing to even know where to start. So there are basic things we can do to support our body and having the ability to go to sleep. One thing that comes to mind is making your bed a place to sleep only. So many people eat in their bed, they sit on their phones, they watch TV, they do homework all in their beds as well in addition to sleeping. And our brains will start to associate other activities with the bed rather than it being only a place to sleep. So it's really important to get into the habit of doing other activities elsewhere and just having that space so your brain is like, okay, this is for sleeping and that's it. And that association will then make it easier to fall asleep. Yeah, that's so interesting. And I think that's a thing for, you know, people who start to move in together, right? And coming up with that balance of like, this person likes a TV in their room or to fall asleep. And, you know, it's a really good conversation starter for couples too and sleep habits and just families in general, you know. And I think getting into a good sleep routine is also really beneficial. It's like making it a habit, right, to do things like taking a warm shower before bed, brushing your teeth, turning off those phones or TV doing some type of meditating or journaling or using like a calming lotion, all of these things that can really just help us calm our mind and our body can help with getting a better night's rest. I like that. It's like those deeper associations that our body Mm -hmm. can have to be like, okay, it's subconsciously we're getting ready for this. Like it's, we obviously know. Yeah. It's winding down. Like we obviously know that we're getting ready for bed, but then our body can kind of know too. Mm -hmm. And there's so many of those like sensory things that can be helpful in the calming. Took the words right out of my mouth. I feel like it's more of like a stimulation thing, like reducing yeah. stimulus or changing it to yeah. create a more you know, sensory stimulating in a way that calms your body versus create more energy and 100%. get your brain going there. No, for sure. And kind of along with stimulation, another thing that helps is getting in some movement or exercise throughout the day. Because if we're sedentary all day, it's hard for our bodies to even feel tired enough to be able to go to sleep at a decent time. And again, it doesn't have to be anything intense. Even making time to go on a walk or getting out of the house can, again, stimulate our bodies enough to feel tired at night. I like that. And another easy way to develop good sleep hygiene is consistency. So Mm -hmm. consistently using energy and movement in your day, like you're saying, Jacqueline, and then consistently forming, you know, those habits, like you mentioned, Caitlin, 
will help you in finding a better sleep routine, like taking time to try different wind down routines or taking the time to adjust what time am I getting in bed? How much time am I spending in bed before and before I actually go to sleep and what's working, you know, gaining awareness for what's working and what helps your body to wind down and what doesn't. And then you can really, you know, be consistent in what you do each night. And as humans, often, I should say, we're creatures of habit. So taking this time out and prioritizing on the front end will really, really help you, you know, later on when you want to form and are forming that consistent sleep schedule and nightly routine. And that word routine, of course, is sticking out. I think routine is so important, especially like for our human bodies and being able to sleep and everything. Yeah, It's good for kids and adults. Like people think, I shouldn't say people think, but I feel like we stress it a lot for kids, like consistency and routine. But those basics are what can really help us as adults as well. We talk all the time about setting expectations for ourselves and others, and really this goes for our bodies too. If our bodies don't know that it's time to sleep yet, then we may not be able to get ourselves to wind down even when we're literally laying in bed. So that routine and getting our body in that rhythm is so important. Yeah, and I think just like making it a priority, right? Making this routine a priority. Because it is, it's so easy to just work late some nights or let the kids stay up and watch, you know, a little more of the movie, but really prioritizing the importance of sleep and staying with that consistent like schedule routine is just going to be so helpful. And, you know, for people that feel like it's not possible, I say, just try it, right? Just give it a chance for a few days, see if it works for you. And my hope and what I've you know, experience with clients says that it does and they start to recognize that it is possible and they realize how important it is. Well, and you're right. Just try it because it took you a long time or however many years you've been alive, right? To have the sleep habits you have now. Mm -hmm. So changing them isn't going to happen overnight. It's probably not even going to happen in a week. It's going to take time to, you know, rewire something Mm -hmm. that's been formed over years and years and years. Honestly, I just love sleep. So I, I used to be like the best sleeper. I felt like, especially as a child and like a teenager, mom never had told me to get in bed. Like I was in bed. I loved sleeping. (laughs) However, now, I mean, I guess I get good sleep at night, but I really, I want to work on prioritizing it. Like you said, because it truly is such a good fundamental component and something I can lean on for some quality self-care. I know it's never too late to prioritize that. And I think for us too, like we all work pretty late at night and then have to get up early a lot. And so I think for us to prioritize that would be a really good idea too. Mm -hmm. Definitely. We do work wonky hours and a lot of jobs are like that. So finding a way to make time for it and prioritize yourself, prioritize sleep. So we want to know what you guys think. Have any of you tried these sleep strategies that we've mentioned? And do you have anything that we miss? Like what works for you? DM us on Instagram at Mental Health and You to tell us your thoughts on sleep and what works best for you. We can't wait to hear what you all thought about today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in this week, and don't forget to subscribe and share. Have a good week. Bye.